chapter 35, Jeremiah chapter 35, and we are going to talk about a name, man named Rechab. There is one fella in the Bible with the name Q, Quartus, and that's about all we know about him, except Paul greets him in one of his books, and so we're going to skip the letter Q and go right on to the letter R. How many have been here when we've gone through the story of Jonadab, the son of Rechab? And uh, I've been uh, criticized for that enunciation, but that is the proper enunciation. It's Rechab, it's his name. And uh, the Rechabites uh, is the family name. And it's interesting here that they call themselves the Rechabites, that this uh, Rechab was uh, the father of this man named Jonadab, and yet it was Jonadab that did all of the work, and yet he wanted everyone called by the name of his father's house. And we're going to look at just uh, a few things here. I want you to uh, turn over to the book of uh, 1 Chronicles. I believe it's 1 Chronicles chapter 2, yes, 1 Chronicles chapter 2, and the last verse of that chapter, chapter verse 55, it says, And the families of the scribes which dwelt at Jabez, the Terathites, and the Shimeathites, and the Succothites, these are the Kenites, the Cain of Hamath, the father of the house of Rechab, Rechab. And so as we look there, we find that these were the scribes. The scribes were the people who were responsible for copying and preserving the text of our Bible. These were not even Hebrews. These were the descendants of the families of Moses. Moses' father-in-law was a Kenite, and they came there, and this fellow named Rechab, I'm going to pronounce it 40 times tonight, was of the house of the scribes there, and these people had integrated themselves into Israel. They had joined them through the wilderness wandering and had ascended to such an important place that they were of the families of the scribes. Now, you can't get any more important job than preserving the Word of God. Amen? And that's where these people come in. Now, we come down to Jeremiah chapter 35. Uh, before we get there and go through that passage in particular, I want you to go back to the book of 2 Kings. Jeremiah were the days of Jehoiakim. These were the last days of the children of Israel. We're going to go back in time about 200 years here when we go to the book of 2 Kings. We're going to go back to the time of Jehu. How many know the story of Jehu? He was the one that Elisha had anointed to take over uh, and destroy the house of Ahab. He was the next king after Ahab's grandson took the throne. He destroyed them, the king of Judah, uh, Ahab's sons, and uh, Jehu was looking 
to be pleasing to the Lord. And we go to 2 Kings chapter 10 and down verse 15. It says, And when he was departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he saluted him and said, Is thine heart right as my heart is with thy heart? And Jonadab answered, It is. If it be, give me thy hand. And he gave him his hand, and he took him up into the chariot. And he said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. And when he came to Samaria, he slew all that remained unto, the house, unto Ahab in Samaria till he had destroyed him, according to the saying of the Lord, which he spake to Elijah. And Jehu gathered all the people together and said unto them, Ahab served Baal little, but Jehu shall serve him much. Now therefore call unto me all the prophets of Baal and all his servants and all his priests, and let none be wanting, for I have great sacrifice to do to Baal. Whosoever shall be wanting, he shall not live. But Jehu did it in subtlety to the intent that he might destroy the worshipers of Baal. And we read on down through here in verse 23, And Jehu went, and Jehonadab, son of Rechab, sent into the house of Baal, and said unto the worshipers of Baal, Search, and look that there be here with you none, of the servants of the Lord, but worshipers of Baal only. And he went on and he eliminated Baal worship, Jehu did, but the person he relied on was this Jehonadab, son of Rechab. Now there's just so much. I've preached several sermons on this, and my father-in-law was the one, Brother Marshall was the one that got me first studying about uh, this strange man here, and uh, I could preach both sermons tonight and keep you here long, but we won't do that. But again, it's one of those names that if you just read through your Bible, you're going to skip over. We come back to Jeremiah chapter 35, our main information about these men. And we find that in the days of Jehoiakim, Jeremiah was commanded of the Lord to bring the descendants, were 200 and some odd years later after uh, Jehu and his work, we come down and he brings them in to the temple of the Lord. Look at verse chapter 35, verse 2. Go into the house, go unto the house of the Rechabites and speak unto them and bring them into the house of the Lord into one of the chambers and give them wine to drink. Now, of course, this was not alcohol. This was grape juice. And we go on to find out that they would not drink it. And here's why. Verse 5, And I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites pots full of wine and cups, and I said unto them, Drink ye wine. But they said, We will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, Ye shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons, forever. Neither shall ye build house, nor sow seed, nor plant vineyard, nor have any, but all your days ye shall dwell in tents, that ye may live many days in the land where ye be strangers. Thus have we obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he hath charged us to drink no wine all our days, we, our wives, our sons, 
or our daughters, nor to build houses for us to dwell in. Neither have we vineyards, nor field, nor seed. But we have dwelt in tents and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. Just some interesting things. These were the days of Jehoiakim. Does anybody remember who put Jehoiakim on the throne? It was not the children of Israel. It was not the house of David. It was Pharaoh Necho who had killed Josiah. He is the one that put Jehoiakim on the throne. These were evil days. No one was seeking the Lord whatsoever. Now the king of Babylon had besieged the city of Jerusalem, and this group of of people that were uh, dozens, if not uh, close to a hundred in number, had all moved into the city of Jerusalem for fear of the king of Babylon, and were staying there in the city. And here comes the man of God, Everybody knew Jeremiah was a prophet. He takes them into the temple of God, into one of the prize chambers, and he said, I want you to drink wine. And it wasn't alcohol. He wasn't trying to get them to be drunk. There was nothing wrong with what he was saying, except for the fact that generations before, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, had said, let's not do that. Let's not have vineyards. Let's not grow them. Let's not drink wine. Let's not drink anything that has to deal with it. And there's a lot of things interesting there. If you're, One of the ways that you measured wealth in those days was your provisions that you laid up for yourself. But if you didn't lay up provisions, then you didn't have to have a place to store them, did you? You didn't have to watch over them. You didn't have to care for them. You didn't have to take care of all of these things. If you're going to have something, you've got to protect it. You've got to watch it. You've got to take care of it. I put that down as unentangled. God said, keep keep yourselves free. There was nothing wrong with doing any of these things. He said, you're not going to build houses. You're not going to have a permanent dwelling place. You're not going to possess things in the land wherein you're strangers. Boy, jealousy is a horrible thing, is it not? He said, listen, I don't want you to be bound. I don't want you to be tied up with things. I put down a word, just think about, uninhibited. There is nothing in their life to keep them from serving God. They, weren't, they didn't even plant seed. They were totally unattached. What was their job? Copy the Scriptures. Amen? That's all that they did. No seed, no vineyard, no attachments whatsoever. They were totally free to serve God. Now, Jonadab, or Jehonadab as he's listed in Kings, was interested in just a couple of things. He was interested much more in building the lives and the characters of his family for generations to come than he was in them being able just to enjoy life. I mean, there's a lot about 
this house of the Rechabites or the house of Rechab that we really could study and learn. He was much more interested in his posterity in the family that would follow him than he was in his prosperity, in what he would have. He wanted to make sure that his family lived for God. God said, I'm going to use your family as a sign to this generation. They obeyed the teachings. And God's made a statement here. We go down to the end of this chapter, chapter 35. In verse 17, it says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel, um, the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the evil that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken unto them, but they have not heard. And I have called unto them, but they have not answered. And Jeremiah said unto the house of the Rechabites, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because ye have obeyed his commandment, obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father, and kept all his precepts, and done according to all that he hath commanded you. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not want a man to stand before me forever. I don't have the documentation, but I read in an article that was, I believe the year was 1982, someone was traveling in the land of Israel, and he came upon a group of people that lived in tents, who claimed to be the descendants of Jonadab, the son of Rechab. You say, can you prove that? Well, I can't prove that, but what I can say is that's what the article I read had claimed, and this is what the Bible claims, and I'll believe the Bible. Amen? As we go through looking at these lesser known people of the Bible, it's interesting that Jonadab did not call them the Jonadabites. Maybe that was too hard to pronounce. No, I don't think so. He was not the man that was interested in glory to himself. He was trying to protect his family and allow them to serve God. And we'll find that they're listed. They came back with the children of Israel after the captivity. They continued to serve God and just simply do the things that God had asked them to do. Was there any sin in building a house? No. Or any of these things that he had said they shouldn't do? No. What he was trying to do, I think the writer of the book of Hebrews put it very successfully, let us lay aside every weight. You know, there's times are changing. It may be time for us just look at the story of Rachab and say, Are there some weights? Are there some things that are just weighing me down? Maybe they're not wrong. Maybe they're good. But they're not helping me serve Christ. That's the story of the Rechabites. They willingly laid aside things that were not wrong. 
but they could hinder them in their service for God. They said, this is number one. And as they did that and stayed faithful to that generation after generation, I mean, most of us stop and think, how, how many can trace your family heritage back 200 years? I mean, okay, I saw one hand go up. Uh, I can go back to, I think it's the year 1795, which is a little over 200 years. That was my great-great-great-grandfather. He actually served in Napoleon's army and moved from France to Italy. And uh, that's how we got the name Montoro. But that's as far back as I know. Uh, it didn't stick because my grandfather was living in a cave in southern Italy when he left in 1905 to move here to the United States. They were not doing very well. And uh, many of our forefathers in Europe suffered greatly and enjoy the freedom that is here. But we look at this family, and we're not tracing them back for hundreds of years. According to the article, we're going back thousands of years to um, this article, uh, Jeremiah chapter 35, was 600 years before Christ. We go 200 years before that. It's the time of Jehu. We go even back to the time of David, and this house is already established as described. That's a 1,000 years before Christ. What one man did in his service for God. All God's people said, Amen. Just be faithful. All right, let's take just a moment and pray, and then we'll get into our prayer time tonight.